Grace and mercy and peace to you this afternoon from God our Father and from Jesus our Savior too. There's some things in life that just can't be rushed. It takes time for them to fully develop and, and mature. Uh, examples I think are often food related to. A good wine, a really good scotch, a good cheddar cheese. You can make a quick version of those and they still taste good, but people who have really good wine or scotch or cheese or there are a bunch of other things like that too would say they're just some flavors that take some time to develop and you wait a year or you wait 10 years, you wait 20 years and there's this depth of flavor that you'd never have without the time passing. And although it's getting to supper and we're maybe getting hungry, it's not really about food today that we're here. It's food for our, our souls. I've, I've seen the same thing happen with people in their faith. It seems that God has a recipe too where God's able to plant his word in someone's heart and then over time, it matures and deepens into a flavor that is just, just wonderful. I've met people, maybe you have too, some of them have been pastors, not all of them. Sometimes it's just a member of the church that I've been in where I talk to them and there is just an understanding of Christ and the gospel that is just deep and beautiful. That, that doesn't mean it's always really complex or that they know more than everybody else about the Bible, but that somebody over years and years has come to understand the gospel in a way that it's gone deep, deep, deep down in their heart and you can, you can tell when you talk to them. Maybe there's somebody whose face comes to mind as I describe that person. Now, the, the other side is true too, that when you've got someone who just learned about Jesus and they've got this new Christian faith, there's an energy and excitement there too that's just beautiful, but today what's in front of us is the faith of somebody who over time, it has matured into something that is just beautiful to, 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 to listen to as you hear this man speak. His name is, is Zechariah. And in Luke chapter one, you see how he, how he grows. At the beginning of the chapter, yes, he's a believer, has been for his life, and yet it takes God's word and some time in his life before it's like, ah, that's exactly how it, how it ought to be, this song that we call the Benedictus, the song of, of Zechariah. So I told you some background before, but Zechariah and his wife, they're, they're believers in God. He's a priest at the temple. They've always wanted to have a child, but they couldn't. They tried for year after year. And then he's at the temple, and the angel Gabriel comes and says, you're going to have a child, and this child is going to be the forerunner for the Messiah who is just about to come. And Zechariah, here's where he has some more aging in his faith to do. He's not, he's not quite there yet. Because his first reaction is to say, no way, we're too old, we've tried. How in the world is that going to happen? And Gabriel says, I stand in the presence of God. You think I'm saying something I don't know? God himself said this, and if God says it, it's gonna come true. Because you're doubting this, you're not gonna say a word until that baby is born. And then he can't talk. Later on, it says they had to motion to him to ask him what the child's name should be, and I don't know if that meant he couldn't hear as well, if being deaf and mute went together, but for sure he couldn't talk. And for nine months, it was like that for him. I don't know, would you call nine months a short period of time, a long period of time? 
When I've known somebody who has a major life change that goes on for nine months, that's the kind of thing that can shape them the whole rest of their life. And I don't know what this meant for Zechariah. How much was he just at home, not able to do anything? How much was he able to to do some stuff in life, just not able to speak, maybe not able to, to hear? So as jump ahead nine months, all of a sudden it's a day when that, that baby's born. And then a week later it's time to circumcise him and to name him. They think they're going to name him Zechariah, but the angel had said name him John. And as soon as he writes that on the writing tablet, his name is John, his mouth works again and God lets him speak. And I don't know if, if you were him, What's the first thing that would be out of your mouth after you can speak after nine months of, of not speaking? I go back to my childhood in the, the Disney movie Aladdin. Genie comes out of the bottle and says, 10,000 years in a lamp will give you such a crick in the neck. And I don't know how much would Zechariah have said something like, wow, it feels good to talk again. Or would he have said the thing that six months before he'd hoped he could really say to that person and he'd been waiting now for six months to say it. Uh, nothing like that's recorded in the Gospel of Luke. Instead, the sense I get is in those nine months, he's been thinking. Hasn't been able to put it in words, but, but he's been thinking about the word of God that Gabriel spoke and then combines it with all kinds of things from the Old Testament. And the very th- first thing out of his mouth is this poem where he praises God for how good he is saving us And now he knows who his son is going to be and how God's plan of salvation is just around the corner. So at the end of this message, I just want to read that that poem again. But before that, let me show you some of the things that I think must have been on his mind those nine months. He must have been thinking about the words that the angel said to him back in the temple. So this is earlier in the chapter. This is what the angel said. Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you're to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents of their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I bet that gave Zechariah an awful lot to chew on those nine months. It wasn't just, you're going to have a baby. It was, this baby is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit he is going to fulfill the prophecy that Elijah is coming. So I'm guessing Zechariah's mind starts going through the whole Old Testament because what Gabriel said is pulling up all these messianic prophecies from the Old Testament. So here's the very last verse of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 4. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. God's promise is somebody, Elijah, is going to come before the Messiah comes and his job is going to be to work in people's hearts to get them ready for the coming of of the Savior. 
And then you go to other promises. It seems like Zechariah had one like this in mind. God said, here I will make a horn grow for David and set up a lamp for my anointed one. Now that's not a picture that we usually think of, I think. But for Old Testament people with with their livestock, I don't know if they had the long-haired cows. But the horns on the cattle, that is the strongest part. You want to get out of the way if it's going to come after you with its horns. And there are promises that say that when the Messiah comes, he's going to be like the horn, the one who has all this power in the family line of King David. Uh, So I, I think Zechariah must have been thinking about stuff like that. You go to Isaiah... Isaiah predicted a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. This talk about a path in two senses. One is that God's going to come on a, on a path. And that we need to get ready because because God's coming. And when God needs a path that, that's flat and straight. Our hearts need to be made ready for the coming of the Savior uh, John the Baptist is what Zechariah's son would, would come to be called. He's going to prepare, prepare the way for the Messiah. And we've got a path to walk on too that when the Messiah comes, there's a path for us that's the path of, of peace. That language of there being a path is one you find throughout the whole Old Testament. And then this one too from Isaiah. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has, has dawned. The picture is that this world is a really dark place. You probably have felt that too. All the sin, all the evil that's around us, not just around us, but inside of us, our own sin too. Uh, death itself. Uh, what do you have to answer when, when death comes? It can feel like life can be a really dark place. But then the promise in the Old Testament prophets is that When the Messiah comes, that's going to be like that moment just before dawn. When the sky's already turning light after after the night's over and then the sun rises, promise is the day is going to come when the darkness ends and the Messiah rises like the sun and we live in his, we live in his light. And I pick all these because they're all in the song that he sang. So if you'd say, what's Zechariah doing for nine months? Sure seems like, along with other stuff in life, I suppose, he was thinking about the promise of God that he had, he had laughed at and said, how in the world can that be? How can my wife Elizabeth have, have a son? But now in his mind, all of this is coming together and, and you see his faith mature and deepen in a way that then is just beautiful to listen to. He starts talking about how God's the one who saves us, about how he redeems us and buys us back, about how in God there is forgiveness of sins, about how like the horns on cattle, the Messiah is coming from the family of David, about how he is the one who's going to give us a path of peace to walk on, about on him that we don't have to fear the darkness, we don't have to fear death because the light is dawning. All these things have come together in his mind and then he sings the song or if there wasn't music, he speaks this poem. That's what comes out of Zechariah's mouth when God opens up his lips. And he 
I'm guessing he was holding his son in his arms. Maybe someone else was holding him. Uh, yesterday, I had a new nephew born. Four pounds, five ounces. None of our kids were that little. Uh, but maybe you have held that little baby in your arms, and Zechariah looks down. He's this old man holding a newborn baby in his arms, and he says, And you, I know about you. God has promised that you're going to be the one to turn people's hearts back to their Savior. You're not the Messiah, but the Messiah is just around the corner, and you are going to prepare the way for him. There's a reason why Christians have said, this is a great song to sing. We don't use this one as much as we use Mary's song. That's what will come up in a different service. Simeon's song always used to close our worship. This one traditionally has been part of the morning praise service. We don't usually use it in the morning praise service we use here at, at St. Paul, but the song of Zechariah has been sung now by Christians ever since that time as a song praising God as the one who brings salvation into this world. So at the end tonight, I'm going to read it again, but here's what I'm hoping you take away tonight. One is... I've, I've talked to people who have this deep faith that's matured over life and I just feel like I take something away after talking with them. And I hope you feel the same way today. I've never met Zechariah personally, but from his words, I hope there's a little bit of this peace and praise and joy in God's salvation that spills over to you from what he felt that day. My other prayer for you is that you and I would be kind of like him. We're different. We don't have the Holy Spirit inspiring us like he was when he said these words, but that combination of having God's words in your heart and then over time, God maturing and deepening somebody, I see that in Zechariah, and I'm praying that that would be true of us too. That this Advent season would be a season where God's word is in you. And then, in a way like nothing else can, over time, year after year, as the word of God is in your heart, it would shape you and you would be able to pull things together too in a way that just emphasizes the grace of God to us in Christ Jesus. The one who is the light in this world who forgives all our sins. Now that's what Zechariah put together in this song that he sang. So, to close the message today, let me just go back again and read the words from Luke chapter 1. Zechariah said this. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for, for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. The oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him. To give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven 
to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Amen. Let's all stand now and sing a song of praise to God. The 